0: The Spartans trounce the Nittany Lions by points and then attend a game against Iowa for which they did indeed don their uniforms. Anyway, the football team is getting swole and we're checking ourselves into rehab. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, of course, by... Me! I'm back! It's me! Mario! Alex Plum is here with me today. Uh, And, uh, Plum... I'm
1: I'm glad to be back! I missed you guys last week. I had to listen, and, you know, I do have to say, I get very... Light in the loafers. Each time I hear my name mentioned on the pod when I'm not on, so light in the Thanks.
0: loafers, just uh, float walking on air,
1: just walking on
0: air. Um, yeah. Well, we are happy. Well, I'm happy to have you back. Uh, there is no Kevin Greck today, and you know what? That's fine. Um, Who needs him? Left us on Valentine's Day, and whatever. Uh, thank you, yeah. of course, for listening to the pod. If we could ask you the small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life rate review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. And please follow us on the old Twitter machine at Spartan underscore pod. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so plum, I think we're going to be a little bit loosey goosey on this, uh, this episode. Um, we are going to be a little loosey goosey.
1: I think that's okay. We've had a couple longer pods. This one might be a little bit shorter one. I, I hope that we can all agree by the end of it, that it was as unhinged as any could have been. Sure. Uh, But our pods, we like to start off behind the green wall where we will cover uh, important topics in the life of Michigan State sports, namely basketball and football. And we got a couple games to uh, decompress on and then some uh, football news. We'll head off Grand River with a little bit of uh, information and news around the connection, particularly in the Big Ten. And then uh, we'll talk about game previews. We've got uh, some basketball coming up this week that should be nice and fun. And then, of course, everyone's favorite part of the pod. We'll take your Twitter questions.
0: Lovely, lovely. So let's get into it. Um, honestly, I don't even know if I'm going to have the energy to preview any games at this point in time because um, did we watch basketball this past week, Alex Plum? Deeply, deeply painful. Do we? Should we just start with football and then get to basketball later?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe we just skip basketball this week. I mean, because what is there really to say that... You can say without going to jail because I I need to figure out where the
0: line is. Uh, well, let's venture there. So we'll start with the good news. Parenthesis question mark and parenthesis um, <laughs> with a Michigan State victory over Penn State at home by two points in a rousing sixty to fifty eight game. Um, it was a game. Um, it, it, yes. it is, yes, it it is, it is a thing that happened um, <laughs> You know I, I'm struggling with where to start on this I mean because we can keep doing The same sort of Song and dance of, uh, of Things that were good and then things That were not and yet Somehow um, we keep doing The not good things And yes. I have no one to Look at other than Tom Izzo and company um for the decision making that's happening it is
1: truly astounding it it is as ass backward as you can get and i i i it's hard for me to even i mean frankly after saturday's game i don't i i to be frank don't really recall enough about the penn state game i remember thinking the entire time how upset I was that it was as close as it was. Um, So that's infuriating. I did not appreciate the Lansing state journals coverage of the Michigan state game where they sort of um, gave a ton of credit to rocket Watts for turning the team around with all four of his points that he scored (laughs) in that game. I truly don't know where to begin on that. Uh, four points in 17 minutes is just beautiful. So I um, I mean, you know, I think uh, let let's start with the coaching. I mean, let's just start with the coaching. I I and I you know I don't want to clasp both these games together, but I know you just watched uh, Izzo's press conference, um, after the Iowa game. You know, I mean, what are you? Because there's we've said a lot about our lack of confidence. I think, but I think after these two performances specifically, there's there's a new dimension that I've never experienced. I've never not trusted Tom Izzo,
0: right? I mean, what is going yeah. on? Uh, that, that's, that is a wonderful point because um, this team has none of the identity of an Izzo team. And you could say yeah. for sure over the past three seasons that the Michigan State hadn't been rebounding, we'll say, as historically well as it does. But, sure. like, let's just take that in isolation here. This team is bad at rebounding. And, oh, and yeah. you know, you could point to other uh, lesser good Tom Izzo teams, teams that made the tournament that, you know, were were sort of on the, uh, you know, uh, first four in, if you will, you know, like, back, you know, bubble teams. And they yep. always... Found an identity for some offense, usually not great, but some offense, and would still rebound and would ugly up a game enough to keep themselves competitive. And there is no ugly other than our offense on this team, and there is moments of defense but not defense in in any sort of identity sense and there's no effing rebounding i'm at a loss I, I, i mean and you know the i guess the only thing you can point to and say is well hey at least kentucky duke and north carolina also stink but that doesn't make me feel better
1: no because um this team beat duke I mean I think that's and I know fine maybe they're having an off year, but we still we went to Cameron. We 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 didn't look like it's like we're devolving. We're decompensating. We are we are declining. I mean, I don't know what other words begin with D E. Decomposing. Uh, try this on the Twitter questions. Decomposing. I'm I i want to defenestrate myself. Uh if you don't know, that's throw myself out of a window. You're welcome. Listen, there are um there are a lot of a lot of problems. Uh, Hauser has the most rebounds right now per game; he's averaging six point eight. But the rest of the team is really in the twos, you know, or less. Uh, our everyone's favorite Rocket Watts, averaging one point six rebounds a game, zero blocks on the season. You heard it here first. Yes, Rocket Watts has not blocked a single opponent shot all season. He's in league with Stephen Izzo and Jack Hoiberg, who haven't even played. Uh, he, he, oh, I, are I'm, you meaning
0: Foster Lawyer has a block?
1: Fo- Foster Lawyer, Mister Michigan Basketball, has one block on the season. That is precisely one hundred percent more blocks than Rocket Watts. It's anyway. I'm not. I, I'm. Gonna, I'm sorry. I'm sidetracked. That's not what we're talking about right now. My 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 point is, I just. I know I, I guess that's the point. We're directionless. We are rudderless, and I've talked about leadership. We have specifically called out the fact of, uh, that there is a complete dearth of on-court leadership, the there is no point guard, we have no floor management, we have zero vision or execution, but that all stems from a directionless program being chiefed by Tom Izzo and his staff. And these press conferences are meandering. They are really heavy on what I have to now imagine is absolutely horseshit, uh faux self-righteous indignation about how regret he how much regret he feels and how the bucks gotta stop with him. And, you know, yeah, you gotta give the guys credit. No, 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 no. You're you're doing a bad job this this season, Tom. You're you're doing an inexplicably bad, bad job. And I don't think you're being honest with yourself about how bad you're doing. And
0: I think, you know, we can uh, we can get into this a bit more after we talk a bit about Iowa. But and we I know we've got some Twitter questions about next year already, but it it feels like there's not that this team needs a fresh culture reset um and you you got to wonder cuz where are these guys going you, you'd need to do a bit of a roster reset at this point in time uh in order to get a culture reset so uh let's let's talk about the Iowa game cuz i have some specific thoughts um related to coaching uh fans well,
1: can we only spend? Can we just can we just talk about the first like four or five minutes of the game? Why don't we just talk about the
0: first couple minutes no, wait, and then let's we'll talk wait, about football? Uh, yeah, I have I have two questions for Tom because it, Tom insists in his post game press conference that they didn't do anything defensively different against Iowa than what they did the first time that they played them, which. Fans of MSU will remember we played them well and close and we were within a shot of of taking the lead at, at, you know, the last minute. So multiple times uh, in in that game, uh, Luca Garza got his and they didn't shoot from behind the arc. Well, at all in this game, Luca Garza did not get his. We held him to seven or eight points and Iowa absolutely feasted from three point land. And you can't tell me that you played the same defensive strategy when you're seeing triple teams on Garza. And the last time we played them at best, you had a guy come in to double team, but like a soft double. I, 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 they
1: were on that to that point, to that point they were five for 17 and threes when we played two weeks ago, they were 13 for 25 on Saturday. I mean, that's a threefold increase and a threefold increase in completions and only really less than double the number of attempts. I mean, they truly close the mark. So that's 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 wildly off base. That's just a bad lie that that's not even a compelling. If he believes that he's getting very bad information and
0: he needs medical attention <laughs> quickly. Lupe, help him. I the other question I have for Tom is. Other coaches will call a timeout when you start seeing a run happen. And instead, Tom, you'll have four dudes, your starters, who you had taken off the court, be sitting at the scorer's table waiting and waiting and waiting to come into the game while Iowa gets up 20 on your ass. Call a timeout. It's not hard like this in it, 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 I understand that that's a Tom Izzo thing but it's dumb yeah it it it's just again it's it's
1: it's like a fatalism and i think you know i i, I think that there's something to talk about it at, at a certain point we've been waiting for i think i mentioned this to you i keep watching these games waiting to wake up i keep waiting for the team to wake up i keep waiting for their for it to make sense for it to click for them to click for it to finally be fixed there is no denouement there is no resolution the plot is never going to come together nicely this is the season what we're watching is act- we're this is the, this is what this team is and i think tom knows it you know i i it, 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 tom obviously isn't going to go out there in front of the cameras and just absolutely just savage Rocket Watts for being one of the most overhyped underperforming players in probably NCAA history I know that's outrageous but I don't care because I just am so upset with him um he's not gonna do that he's not gonna point out how inconsistent uh, Hauser is he's not gonna point out that lawyer didn't score any points and wow for you know mr. basketball how does that a thing how you're not gonna point out that Henry only scored 13. Which, you know, I mean, and I'm not going to assail Henry, I guess, because he's the one semi-consistent thing. If there is, the word can be applied to this team. But you look at Tom just half acidly getting up every once in a while and kind of like half-heartedly yelling at the referees about something and then sitting down with his head in his hands. He's just communicating dejected resignation. And I have to think at a certain point that spills over. I don't know that he's wrong. I, I, I look the same on my couch. And but the difference is I'm not I'm not getting paid millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars over all these years to put a product together that, that this is not a product emblematic of Michigan State University basketball. I don't know what this team is. But it is it is just flummoxing and I don't I can't tell if he cares. And you know, this is and frankly, and I know I've talked I'm I'm filibustering and I'll stop. I but I just want to say that's the thing that drives me the craziest about Rocket Watts at the end of the day. And you guys covered Rocket, and I know that Greg has been several weeks deep into how frustrated he is with Rocket, and I am too. But part of it is when you look at Rocket, you don't see any emotion. And that's what I've meant when I've said he's dead behind the eyes. I don't think he gives a fuck. I don't think he even knows how to give a fuck. And and frankly, that's how I feel Izzo feels. I just don't think he cares because it's just it's just
0: lifeless. And that's what this program is to me. It's absolutely without life. I um – um. Wow. Uh it, I think I got into it a bit on Twitter with someone about Rocket and there's there's some defense of him that just is inexplicable to me. And and but to your point it it's not like it's not like we can just put all of this on him. That said, <laughs> I I am sure there are plenty and probably some Wolverines who listen to this podcast that are enjoying our plight. What's frustrating here is that we're Michigan State. Like, we're not nobody. (laughs) We, We are a powerhouse program. And I am looking at this season And, and, you know, you, you, not you, but people make the joke that every year state fans go through this freak out about has Izzo lost it or, you know, is this team any good? Well, finally that chicken is coming home to roost. This, this season is the season that's not going anywhere. And I have deep concerns about how you reset a culture off of this. Now, I, I'm I'm sure we will get into it a bit in this podcast when we get to our Twitter questions. And I am sure we will talk a lot about it over the summer. There's a lot of talent coming into Michigan state next year. We, we have yeah. some good pieces that are hopefully coming back. Um, Some that hopefully will not be here. And I want to hear who do you
1: think needs to come back? Because, unless you mean like the towel boy who I think does a very good job getting on and off the court in a pretty reasonable amount of time and maybe Aaron Henry on a good day. I don't know that I want a single one of these players back next
0: season. uh, So you like Gabe Brown. Okay. We'll give you Gabe. uh, Brown. That's fine. I'm wishy on, on Gabe. Uh, I've, I've many times said that he goes missing. Um, but I would love to see, I'd love to see Bubba take a jump. That would be great. Um, I'm big on Malik Hall. I think Malik Hall's a program guy that has shown development and uh, and and hopefully continues to develop. I think that Joey Hauser with a point guard, of which he does not have one, will be a meaningful contributor. That said, Joey Hauser needs to work on his defense a lot. And hopefully a full off season with time in the gym will actually benefit Joey Hauser.
1: I got a question. I want to I ask about coaching in Malik Hall because Malik Hall started this game and only scored one point. He only played 13 minutes, which for a starter, I mean, Izzo decided to start Bingham too, which I know was because of well. the Neanderthal-ish and because he didn't have much of a choice going against someone that we just carved out of ice, <laughs> you know, however many months ago. So I get it. Um, but... But it felt like Malik wasn't really given opportunities to get into a rhythm, I, and I I feel like I re- I read this somewhere, um, so I, I know I'm kind of parroting. But but it, but so they, whoever said it said it in words that I, I find to be really really true, which is this: the coaching staff this season seems to be overly punitive. And I know that Tom gets very emotional during games. I do too, um, but he sort of takes it out in players with t- with 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 playing time, right? And, and, players, and he doesn't. And not all of them. And he does it in ways that are inconsistent, right? So to your point, you let them go on a 20-point, like you, you run up the score in a way that doesn't make any sense. Why don't you just call the timeout? And, and But then, like, you, you're willing to give that much time for the team to try to figure it out and work themselves out of a jam. But then Malik Hall gets zero opportunities. You know, I mean, the kid didn't, I mean, it, 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 he had one turnover. And I, I think it was that turnover that cost him his early minutes because it was like, oh, well, he's not following the program. But it's like, what are you talking about? There is no program to follow here. Like you and and this is I think the thing. So Hauser doesn't start it still gets 25 minutes. Brown doesn't start it gets 21 minutes. Lawyer who didn't score anything still played 20 minutes in the game. I mean and it just goes to show how desperate they are at the one that, that they're just literally letting anyone who can even theoretically approach understanding the game of basketball from the one just gets as many minutes as they want. But you you have players here who need to be developed and and we're not going to make the tournament. And I know that you're going to have some hypothetical with a couple more games that we got to win and maybe we'll come in as like the play-in game to a 16 seed, but it isn't going to happen. So let's refocus. And if we're going to refocus, then why don't you start investing in players that could be programmatic players? And why don't we think about how do we get them a stable series of minutes to work the paint and figure some shit out? Because this – we know what the season is. It's gone. The team is gone. If it was ever anything, it isn't that anymore. And so you have to let it go. You have to wash your hands of it because this sitting on the court court side with your head in your hands – is so deflating for a program. I mean, all of his seasons, Tom Izzo has never been under 500 in all of his seasons of coaching for Michigan State. He's never had a team come to the Breslin Center and slap 30 on him, just hang 30 right on his fucking chin. Like, get out of here. How embarrassing. How absolutely embarrassing to you as a person and to us as a program. I, I mean, we better move on because this is not going to get better. Before no, I, race.
0: I, I think you raise a really interesting point there, though, because I, you know, people have been clamoring for a while now that we we need to put guys like Hogard in and Sissoko and just and train for the future, and and I'm not quite to that point, but it, because it, I think there is a bit of a combination there of of you know, for instance, Josh Langford has a lot of wisdom to give, right there is value of having him on the court. He's one of the better communicators on defense. Like there's a teaching value to him, but if Tom was to have people in and, and yell and be angry and fierce at them, but at least let them play. Yeah. So you actually, so you know what you can do for the rest of the season, Tom is you can coach. Yes. You're not going to make the tournament, but so, you know, in all the ways that you've gotten up in Aaron Henry's grill and, you know, gotten so much flack for it. And we all know that it's not actually that big of a deal. Do that. Do that for Malik Hall. Do that for Sissoko. Do that for AJ Hogarth. Like, but, but keep them in the game. <laughs> yes. Let them play. And you know what? Do, if you want, if you think there's value in having Foster Lawyer, and this is sort of addressed to Tom, who I know is a big fan of the pod. But if you think there's value in having Foster Lawyer on this team going forward, then yell at him to shoot the ball. Like, you need to there is something missing in this team that you need to find and yeah. it it doesn't mean that we need to make the tournament it doesn't mean that even if we got invited to the NIT that we need to go frankly i i don't know i mean it depends on how much you're planning for the future but either way yeah we 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 can move on it, but it it's uh this this season is uh well the season's gone but it but it, it i need to see tom Izo reinvested stop and stop with the aw shucks, stop with the well you know uh, some guys from iowa who don't even shoot 30 percent or drain in threes well guard them call a timeout when that starts happening like invest yourself in what's happening in front of you and that's <clears throat> but you know what there's always football baby there's always football you want to talk some football yeah, we have to. I mean, right? All right. So we got two things. Two football stories to mention to All fans. right. Come on, football. Let's do it. Uh, I actually think there's a third, but I didn't do any research, so we're not going to talk about it. I think we we, it. Got a, we got a 2022 commit, and uh, cool. Um, oh, and we
1: also have a 2024 quarterback commit out of Celine. Offer, yes. Offer. Offer. Oh, offer, offer, offer. Well, anyway, what's the difference, really?
0: Yeah. Uh, so uh the interesting news is that a transfer out of Florida, the University of um, Chester Kimbrough, who awesome name. Let's just start there. It's a great name. It's a great name. Great awesome name. name. Free Cheetos uh, for Life. Love it. <laughs> uh Chester is a cornerback, former four-star with three years of remaining eligibility. Um We've mentioned on the pod before that it is uh, a a place where we have no depth going into next season. And so picking up a former four star from an SEC school is exciting.
1: It Um, is exciting. But let's let's unpack it a little bit. All right. Because the guy now, listen, if you've been paying attention to Twitter this week and I know you have Mike Jones, uh, the boys have been hitting the weight room. And they're all abuzz with how much they're lifting and the dead squats and the this and the that and, and high ho the clean and jerk. You know I love a clean and jerk um, for other reasons. And, and so I think that's great for them. And this guy is going to need it in spades. 5'11", 167 pounds. Yali is bigger than that, and she's seven <laughs> months old. So... <laughs> You know, we hear a lot about the um, we hear a lot about Coach, Coach Tucker's uh, program, his process, and part of his program, part of his process is a certain physical identity that he has for these players. So, I know a cornerback. We, we want someone to be agile. We want someone to be breakout speed. That is still on the smaller end of things, isn't
0: it? Yeah, he's uh, he's a little he's he's an inch to two shorter than I would expect Tucker to to take. Um, right, and he's certainly probably fifteen pounds lighter than I would expect, at least. Um, so, I mean, so let's say he hits the weights this spring and the summer.
1: But I think my my I guess, my my question is: so, a former four star, that's great, and it didn't pan out for him playing down south. That's too bad for him, too good for us. Is 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 this emblematic of, or does this signal something around the state of where Tucker feels? his recruiting classes. You guys spent a lot of time talking about recruiting class last week. I think you have more hope or defensiveness on behalf of Tucker than Greg had uh, for a good reason. But is this a, uh, is this a little chink in the armor here? Are we starting to pull guys that maybe don't fit the program because Tucker's oh, a little bit nervous? No, no. Are you reading I, into
0: this? I, um, Chester uh, from, from what I've read um, is genuinely fast. Uh, he, in in the time that he played he i think only had 3 pass targets okay so i mean he's on his guy that's you know <laughs> uh weird stat for cornerbacks oftentimes is sure. the less you are on the stat sheet the better job you did um i yep. mean obviously tackles are tackles like I, you know i don't mean to pretend that that's not a relevant stat but um he no. uh you know the i in fairness though a lot of transfers out from the cornerback position. Um, a, you know, uh, Shakur Brown going pro was uh, not ideal. Um, I mean, it's good for him, good for the program, but you know, it, it still is, it hurts. Um, and it's, uh, it's a, when you're running five defensive backs, you, you need more cornerbacks. So it's not yep. a, an ideal place to be thin. Uh, and, and, you know, you can bring in a freshman, but, so rarely do freshmen actually start. So it, it just makes some logical sense that you'd be picking some people up out of, out of the transfer um, portal. If, if you are, as Tucker says, a, a win now attitude, you know, sure. We're building something, but I'm not asking for you to give me three years of grace. I'm not asking for you to say, wait till I get my guys here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm going to get my guys now and, or, or the best guys I can anyway. So, um, I don't know, it's, uh, I, yes, I continue to be up on what Tucker's doing and, and I look for, um it, you know, it's interesting because Greg's perspective can be that he doesn't necessarily have to hope for market improvement next year, right? Mm-hmm. uh yep. You know, whereas I'm looking at things and I'm thinking we might be okay next year. So uh, maybe he's just bracing himself better for disappointment than I am.
1: Well, I, I need to put my hope somewhere and I don't know where else
0: to put it. Uh, uh, let's, uh,
1: let's turn to Jaden Reed, huh?
0: Yes. So, it, uh, it was reported earlier this week that Jaden Reed, uh, was arraigned and pled not guilty to an OWI, which occurred in July of this past year. Uh, and that MSU, uh, released a statement saying that they had been aware of the incident and the matter was handled internally for uh as a team and i I had heard about mel tucker's um some of his disciplinary philosophy um My understanding is not uh not a joke of you know uh Spartan fans will recall that indeed two players were suspended indefinitely from the team for getting drunk and then beating up on somebody. So Fulton um, and Willekes both end up in the
1: transfer portal. Yep.
0: Yes. Uh, So the news on Jaden Reed is that uh, what we know is that Jaden Reed at the time he was pulled over blew on a breathalyzer test somewhere between 0.03 and 0.07, which you'll say, wait, isn't that under the legal limit? Yes, it is under the legal limit of point zero eight. However, Jaden Reed at the time was 20 years old, which makes it an offense automatically. Um, I
1: think what's what's interesting is, from what I've read, the case was initially dismissed by the Michigan State University Police Department, but they left a note in the court records indicating that they would seek a review by the Ingham County Prosecutor's Office. So is it possible that the Ingham County prosecutor's office is so far backlogged for maybe COVID related shit that it has taken them until now to decide oh yeah this is this misdemeanor because a 20 year old drank alcohol now we're going to arraign him for a misdemeanor like really that's what's going on right now
0: yeah you know it's it's so funny i i don't know if you I don't know if your perspective has changed since since we were in college, because certainly I, it's fair to say we we both drank underage. Oh, right. <laughs> like, and, you know, and so but yet there there was so much um, policing around underage drinking in some ways. Oh, over policing. I mean, I'm sorry, but it was it's, it's
1: over policing it. You know, it's, part of this is there's a there's a complex. You hire the individuals. I remember writing an op-ed, actually. I think I found it. I looked it up in the state news about uh, the parking police had upgraded other vehicles. They had those crappy little, like, I don't know, Dodge something terrible little pickup trucks that they drove. And then they got the brand new, like, they weren't Rams, but they were, like, nicer Durango or whatever style, like, pickups to give out parking tickets because that's how much revenue they make. They get so much revenue. And I think I joke in the the op-ed that pretty soon they're going to have parking helicopters, you know, because part of, so the complex is you, 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 you have to sustain what you, what you build. And, you know, we have this giant police force and then, I guess they probably fight with East Lansing over who's going to give out more tickets to 18 and 19 year olds for getting drunk at a house party. It's just,
0: it's ludicrous. But what's interesting here to me is that Jaden Reed, by all accounts, was not intoxicated. That that if you and I now had done what he did, it would not be a crime. Right? A right. police officer might tell you, "Can you find a different driver?" Right? Sure. But like not not a crime. You could continue to drive legally. Um, it is. So it, I don't know. It's. It, 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 this is just maybe a bit more philosophical, but I just don't care. Yeah. I you know, and and it's alarming to me that they waited this long. It's alarming to me that they're dedicated is you know, as much as we talk about decriminalizing, for instance, marijuana. Yep. And and I and I really I do mean I, I don't mean to put uh I, I rather I want to be very sensitive to the fact that obviously drinking and driving is wrong and dangerous and people shouldn't do it. Yes, and and so like I don't want to gloss over that. It is you're it, not,
1: but we it, also have laws, right, which stipulate when the line is crossed,
0: and that so, makes
1: the activity unsufferably dangerous to the right. public.
0: And so, what's interesting here is that Jaden Reed was not doing, other than the fact that he was under 21, was not committing conduct that what made it inherently dangerous as we decided as a society. Correct. And so for them to wait this long and then dedicate court resources to prosecuting this case. Yes. It's just, it's, it's, it is like arresting somebody for having a joint. And I know that's not a thing in Michigan anymore, but like it is, it is as dumb to me. And, and if, and I don't know that I would feel quite as quite the same if they hadn't waited so long Well, and I don't think, and again, and I, you know,
1: you can't divorce this from the fact that the carceral system in the United States is inextricably linked up with vestiges, and not even vestiges, but presences of racism. And you cannot divorce the fact that this is a young black man who was probably already. I mean, I'm I, not trying to cast aspersion on the Michigan State University Police Department. I don't know why he was pulled over, but it didn't help that you have a black man driving a vehicle in Michigan with police. It, that, but that was, they didn't help him to begin with. And now you have this. I'm just saying, no, I'm not alleging that there's any racism. I'm, what I'm alleging and what is factually true is that the United States Justice Department and the justice system of, of absolutely of Ingham County and East Lansing, Michigan, hmm. inextricably bound up. In racism and white supremacy. And so here you have a young black man who legitimately, other than being under 21 and having a beer or two, has done nothing wrong. And now, already had to post a $500 personal bond and is going to have to go through a carceral justice system, which has always been structured. I mean it's just – Yep. The whole thing. It's just, it's, it's bullshit. It's just bullshit. And it's, it's for the time sake alone, the Ingham County Prosecutor's Office should have the dignity and the self-awareness to be like, move along. We're just going to move along.
0: If someone else dismissed this, then you know what? We, we can get away with dismissing it ourselves. Indeed. If the Michigan State University police dismissed it, I think that says enough, but I, you know, it's, I, so I, um, I think the reason we wanted to talk about it, in addition to the fact that it just there's some ness behind the case, is that it was addressed and it's important to put the context around. uh, Again, if this was a DWI, we would have very different feelings about it. Very different, very different feelings. But, you know, this does sound like in all likelihood, Jaden Reed had a beer at the age of 20 which no one on this podcast is going to judge a 20-year-old for having a beer um and then and then made an an unfortunate decision to hop behind the wheel of a car though again if he had been 21 would have done nothing wrong so uh yep so anyway yep. That's, it. that's that's it. the story hey you know what yes i want to tell you about someone oh
1: please pray tell i want to tell you about a guy that some of us are aware of a real dude in the truest sense of the word, a guy who works doing something that this country needs more of. And let me tell you what that is. He dedicates his life to saving people money. Ooh. Ooh. Tell me more. I'm going to tell you more. I'm going to tell you a little bit more. His name is Brandon Sands. That's the guy's name. That's the first thing. And uh, Brandon Sands works for, I don't know, can we say the largest, one of the largest mortgage lenders in the country? Called a Guaranteed rate. rate. You've probably heard about them. Brandon helps people whose mortgage rates really are, are if they have an existing mortgage. If you're paying more than 4%, you're an idiot. You're dumber than Rock Watts is. And you should be, you should be getting in touch with this guy, A-S-A-P, to get you in a more market-friendly uh rate. And if you if you haven't gotten yourself a mortgage because you don't own a home yet, mortgage rates right now are very near historical lows, exceptionally low rates. And so if you want to buy a house, you don't want to spend a ton of money in interest, you already own your home and you're getting gouged, uh... (laughs) In your interest payments, I was going to try to think of something that we're not getting gouged in, like we're not getting gouged by scoring a lot of points. If you're foster lawyer last week, oh, this is going too far. My point is, you got to talk to Brandon Sands. The guy's closed over 10,000 loans guaranteed rate. That's a name that sets itself apart. Brandon, frankly, sets himself apart because of how he operates. He has a conversation with you, cracks open a beer. He's not going to drive a vehicle over the legal limit. He's just a guy that wants to save you money. He wants to discuss your money options. He wants to get you in the right place. So uh, He's a friend of the pod. He could be a friend of yours. He's helping people save hundreds, sometimes thousands a month, consolidating their debts, refinancing their homes. Go check him out, rate.com backslash Brandon Sands, that's rate.com, backslash Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z.
0: Plum, let's head off Grand River. Let's chat. We've got one story to talk about uh, that is, I think, um, worthy yeah. of celebrating. Brown um, and yellow,
1: brown and yellow.
0: Is that how that song went? Uh, Not really. Uh, Freaks and Geeks by Chubb Scampino. Wow. It's black, black and yellow. Um, Whatever. Anyway, Valaparezo... Uh, a university in uh northern indiana yes. has decided Good. to drop their mascot name their mascot and logo which uh was the crusaders they did this uh in light of the fact that um that name had been used or was being used by white supremacists and hate groups yep. um though notably uh crusaders not necessarily uh, you, you didn't need that to happen for it to, to be problematic correct but all the same uh an important uh an important move and an important decision on their uh on their end um it is worth noting. They do have the colors of brown and yellow, which we also find to be problematic. Just generally distasteful.
1: Uh, now, listen, this is a Horizon League team, right? This is a D one school. Yes, I didn't know they were Lutheran associated. I just assumed with the Crusader name that they were a good Catholic school. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and I thought, well, you know, hating the Moors is a little bit, you know, uh, gauche at this point in history. But you were gonna. Give them some, some, some room. But no, good for them. I think they made the right decision. Uh, it's a, it's a it's a it's a small school. I mean, it's a big school. It's a Division One school, but it's you know it's still relatively small. Uh, they they do compete. They compete in women's soccer. They compete in men's soccer. Uh, so you know, good on them. Good on Valpo for making the right decision. Uh, wish them the best and hope that with their new nickname mascot, also comes some better sartorial decisions because. Uh, Brown and yellow equals diarrhea, and everyone knows that. And that's not an appropriate color combination. So, Mr. Plum votes.
0: Um, Yes. Uh, So, that is uh, the news off Grand River that is worth covering this week. Um, Plum, I propose that in lieu of traditional uh, game previews, maybe we just... Mention the fact that we have two games coming up. One is this Tuesday at 7 p.m. on ESPN at Purdue.
1: At Purdue. And then
0: we are going to dance down the road a little ways Mm -hmm. on February 20th on Saturday. At noon on Indiana. We will be at Indiana. Indiana? Uh, I'm sorry, on ESPN at Indiana. Um, So we've played Purdue before and. How'd that go? How did that go Mm -hmm. for us? I believe I recently saw it next to the dictionary entry for shitting the bed. Yes. Uh, Yes. Brown and yellow, brown and yellow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So look, what's, what's worth remembering about that Purdue game is that it was a tale of two halves. And for that first half, we were quite dominant. Mm -hmm. People were, will recall that uh, as is Purdue tradition, there are very tall white men who play the center position. Yes. Um, It's a theme uh in some at some schools and Purdue is no exception if if MSU wants to bookend this terrible terrible chapter uh they could do it by reversing this trend at Purdue and it is as is evidenced by the fact that we played them and had a 17 point lead uh in the second half yep uh, it is a winnable game um and the 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 key to this game in particular is going to be trying to uh, control the pace of the game. Purdue, you know, fans will remember, plays slow and ugly. So Michigan State needs to uh, pick up the pace and ugly it up on the other end of the court for them. Then we have Indiana. And they're the most maybe winnable game we'll have for the next little bit. Um, they are, Let's we'll see. What do they get? What are they? Are you got them in Ken Palm? Nah, right no, boy, I'm in Ken Palm. Um, Indiana. So they are, <laughs> <laughs> they're 29 <laughs> in Kenpom. Palm, mm. uh, 11 and nine. They are 53rd in offense and 24th in defense and are a glacial. 296 in tempo. Um, but what's notable is that they are still coached by Archie Miller, which means they are fallible. However, Archie has had Tom's number. So uh, it is look in at this point in time, it's not necessarily worth really meaningfully breaking down these teams. It, these are, these are, they're all must wins from here on out. Correct. And these two are winnable games. We, we, if, if, if there's a tournament to be had for this team, it must win all of its winnable games of which these are two. And they are not going to be favored in either of them, Mm. but they are winnable. And then they have to pick off some ones that they were not supposed to win. So um, let's start with the, with getting the Purdue monkey off of our back and, and hopefully uh, move forward in that regard. Um, I'm just telling you right now. Even if it when
1: when we lose to Purdue, uh, at the very least, Tom Izzo can do all of us who are loyal fans of the program, uh, uh, f- uh, friends and true, do us the courtesy of just letting these guys play basketball and just trying to coach them. You know, just do something different, Tom. Just do something different, please, God Almighty. That's what I'm going to be looking for on Saturday. I, I know he's going to try to do the same damn shit that hasn't gotten us anything on Tuesday. Fine. We won't win. But Saturday, I don't, I don't care if we lose on Saturday. I don't care if we lose by 30 again on Saturday as long as he tries anything new. That's what I'm watching for against Indiana.
0: Do you think that's a curse of successful coaches is that they – because they have success doing something in the way that they've done it, that they are – uh, particularly hesitant to change.
1: Oh, I think I think absolutely. How do you look at a guy that's that's never not gone to the the the, the tournament? How do you look at a guy that's never never not been above five hundred on the season? How do you look at that guy and then say to him, "Sorry, you you know you can't roll the dice that many times in a row and not eventually get snake eyes." Well, here's your snake eyes guy, and he does he just he's like flummoxed. You know, maybe if this happened five. Six, seven, eight years ago, we would have seen more reaction out of him. And I think you know, you and I talked about it this week. It, 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 it he's had stinkers before. He's had a, he's had stinker games. He's had one-off bizarre moments. He's always been able to find and raise up the right mix of of team leadership or other you know, esprit de corps, whatever it is. And this season, he can't seem to do it. So I think you're right. I think he's. this is a curse of his own making. It's a curse that we've been all too happy to, to ride. Um, but I don't think it's unfair for someone that's in the Hall of Fame. They said this at the game at halftime on Iowa on, on uh, Saturday. The, the commentator, I don't know his name, said, Izzo has forgotten more in basketball than than any of what they know combined. And I think that what a, what a true statement and what a true testament to Tom Izzo's experience and brilliance as a Hall of Fame coach, it's absolutely true. And I think because of this, he's he's probably forgotten, <laughs> damn near, how to, how to do something that just doesn't fit in with his model.
0: Yeah, and I think we're going to get this in Twitter questions, but that does make me – it makes me worried that he's forgotten how to build a program. Hmm. That that we're, we're not reloading anymore. Well, I mean, we, we – I, th- this may be a topic for next week a little bit more, too, but yeah, uh, I, I it feels like there needs to be a culture rebuild with this team. Yeah. Um, so, um, Alex, you'll never guess what's in my hand right now.
1: Uh, if it is something sweet and delicious, I will kill you. I'll, I'll I'm going to kill you. I'm going to have to give you aren't
0: I? You'll have, to, you'll have to forgive me. Oh, my, my God. My mouth is full <laughs> with a preserved homemade chocolate chip cookie.
1: That is offensive and hurtful.
0: Preserved Homemade, our dear sponsor, is a goods and provisions store bringing the taste of home in the form of homemade treats. And, Alex, when this podcast drops, so, too, will the February drop of preserved homemade goods and provisions be available. All right. For, for the next week's folks, if you go to preserved homemade, oh, I'm sorry, well, my mouth is actually full right now. If you go to preserved homemade.com or preserved underscore homemade on Instagram, you can find out what their February drop is. But treat yourself or someone you love to some homemade goods and provisions particularly these chocolate chip cookies are amazing. They really are very good and I I just I find you to be an absolute
1: swashbuckler of a human being for bringing that to the pod, rubbing that in my face. I don't have those and I want them. And how dare you? They're so good.
0: <laughs> I may have had 5 already. Today. <laughs> oh my god. Uh all right. Alex, uh, one last plug. It's preserved underscore homemade on Instagram or preserved dash homemade.com again, to treat yourself or someone you love some homemade goodness. Let's do some Twitter questions. Twitter, right? Love it. Let, uh, we'll start off with CT and who asks if your significant other asked you, would you have taken their last name?
1: Well, as the as uh, the, is
0: presumptuous, yeah, as
1: the only married person, I don't think you and Greg are even formally legally married. Can you even get married in New Jersey? Do they even have marriage in that state? They do. Ah, they do. Surprising. But, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm not married, so uh, I don't know if I would take. I don't know if I would take someone's last name. Plum is pretty distinctive, right?
0: It is. I don't think I'm going to uh, give it that. Reminds up. me of a board game. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I would not. Um but I also did not ask or expect my wife to take my name. Again. Did she? Um she did not. And uh, I'm good for her. okay with that. Yeah, good uh, for her. I I married her as who she was and did not expect her to change who she was for me. Here, here. So Um and you know, I don't
1: know And Greg what... is his maiden name. He
0: I believe he <laughs> did take the, uh, I don't know what Grex wife's last name situation is on paper anymore, but to be clear, everyone refers to her by her maiden name. Yes, that's it right. Is in- that is inextricably right. baked into, into her, identity. her identity and is yes. wonderful. Uh, next up is C, <laughs> next up from CT and TC is who was your favorite athlete when you were a kid? Uh, Barry Sanders.
1: Yeah, that's legitimately true. Barry Sanders. the <laughs> true
0: um mine was joe montana i think um finally from CTNTC and the season pretty much over is it finally time for izzo to try out the zone <laughs> yes entrance?
1: it is it is only because why the fuck not it can't hurt it couldn't hurt it, cannot it hurt. couldn't possibly hurt
0: uh first up from ev marie 24 just simply why? Why? She's not wrong. She's not wrong. I mean, you know, it it just feels like we've earned this. Well, but here's the um, question: What did we do to deserve it? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on that all night. I'm gonna really stew on that. What did we do to deserve yep. this? Surely we're being punished. Oh yeah, and we deserve it. Um. Last from Ev Marie 24 which basketball recruit are you most excited for? So for those who don't know, in 2021, you have Jaden Akins, Max Christie, and Pierre Brooks joining the team. In theory, Enoch Boache uh, and uh, Imani Bates from the class of 2022 could reclassify. But let's stick to the 2021s. Do you have anyone that you're particularly excited about?
1: Actually, I wanted you to go first.
0: Um, So... Uh, you know, I think it's got to be Jay Nakins. We need a point guard so bad. And yes, he looks really fantastic when I see clips of him playing. But uh, him and Pierre Brooks, I think, is going to be a dude who's going to be around for a long time. I'm, I like this class. OK,
1: OK. Um, my recruit, it's actually the opposite way of kind of answering the question of Marie. Um, I'm looking forward to the entire team entering the transfer portal and recruiting themselves out to other teams. So that's the recruit I'm excited for is the decision out of our current team to opt out of being a Spartan because of the shame they have brought upon our institution. Nick Kamanski, up next. How would you rate your podcast performances last week using the official scale? And Nick, you are a churlish sumbitch who knew I was gonna ask this question because I wasn't on the pod last week, which means I default to a 15 out of 13 on the official scale. But Mike, how would you rate your
0: podcast performance Grand. from last week? Grand. Good. Very good. Uh, uh, Nick also asks, very, very what good. was your favorite TV show as a child?
1: You know, I oh I had a couple. I really liked Designing Women, which I know says a lot, but I really did. Uh, had Delta Burke in it. She's just sassy. Uh, I really liked... Um, Rescue 911 was like a 30 minute program hosted by William Shatner, uh, that explored like, you know, like urgent, like police or EMS or fire situations. I just, I love that. And I watched a ton of unsolved mysteries when I was a kid hosted by the absolutely adorable Robert Stack. Um, I'll tell you this. The reboot of Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix is every bit as bone chillingly terrifying as the original is because of that musical score. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, do yourself a favor and watch it some night and you'll dark. know in the dark and you will know. How about you?
0: Um, I honestly don't remember.
1: Oh, like, uh, I,
0: I, yeah, I know. I, I just don't remember having a favorite TV show as a kid. Um, I'm sure that if I asked my family, they'd be able to answer that question. I just don't remember. Um, right. Next up is verbose Dutch. Wants to know what's a good, what's good to tweet about other than sports and politics? Because oh boy, they both stink right now.
1: <laughs> um, how about religion?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure food Twitter's a fun place.
1: Oh my god, yeah. Or, you know, verbose Dutch. Uh, so here's one of the things, I, and we don't know verbose what your pronouns are, I labor under the illusion that you use she, her pronouns. And my, uh, definitely- pod, my podcast co-hosts do disagree with that. And I think they're wrong, and I don't care. So because of how I believe that you identify, I need you to start watching RuPaul's Drag Race because I guarantee you, you will find everything you need Uh, For both your life and uh, great quality top tier content to tweet about, right there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like how you just assigned pronouns. Sure, sure. Just, just. Well, I'm gonna
1: just lean. I'm gonna lean into that. I'm gonna take a take a community point and just lean into that.
0: Okay. Uh, Last from verbose Dutch, as college football has no parity with transfers without restriction. Like this current cycle has possibly provide a bit more parity. Adds what's the harm? It seems like a more fair process to the athletes. I would agree.
1: Yeah, that I guess from
0: Alabama that sort of like didn't make the cut quite as much. Sure, um, you know, because God knows else. who
1: wants to stay in Tuscaloosa for no reason.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine that. That that doesn't seem icky. fun.
1: Very very <sighs> icky what do we got next raymond chains raymond chains god damn it raymond chains all right verbatim all bullshit aside what grade would you give both tom Izzo and mel tucker for coaching this year include courtside coaching and play calling don't weasel out of this you chislers Graham couch still thinks eight wins in football is unlikely next year given their schedule i'm kicking this one to you first jones
0: Uh, well, I don't know what Graham couch has to do with anything, and I don't know what next year has to do with this year, but, uh, I do think eight wins is unlikely though possible. Um, and I, so I would, I would give Mel Tucker, despite a record, actually high marks, uh, made big changes to the offensive and defensive systems. The defense was not terrible and uh, brought in seemingly a top-flight coaching staff and managed to kick out a lot of players and bring in new players. So, you know, I think this is something we've talked about on the pod before, that if, whether Mel Tucker succeeds or fails, no one will be able to accuse him of not having an idea of what he wanted to do and seemingly executing on that idea. Now, it may be the wrong idea, but he, in my mind clearly has a roadmap for what he wants to do and seems to be on the path to doing that. So
1: that's expertly stated, expertly I, stated you're hundred percent right. I
0: will, I will give Mel Tucker a B and if he hadn't, if the team hadn't turned the ball over 80 times to Rutgers and gotten us a loss to Rutger, um, he would have been a B plus.
1: Yeah, I think he's a solid 81. I'm probably a B-minus territory for Mel. That's I think true. at the end of the day, the proof's got to be in the pudding. Tom Izzo, though, this season? Oh, yeah. Tom Izzo, Tom Izzo is getting a D-plus from me. I mean, he's getting yeah. – an, and, and that's probably generous. I think that that's – frankly, that D-plus is only because of the number of years he's been a dedicated and a loyal friend and true to this school. But, uh, but no, no. I, that's, I would that's say –
0: for me, the plus is because it's a COVID year and you don't really want to fail anyone because, you know, it's rough on yeah. everybody. Sure. So, but Fine. yes, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, All right. Questions. Uh, Raven Chains.
1: Chains. Questions for this week's Backstage with Tom Izzo. Should we let Tom Izzo plug his athlete's foot powder during the show? Should we show his quarrel with Lupe over the cameras that are always in the house? Is Izzo's endorsement of Antifa relevant? You decide. We am crowdsource.
0: Huh. Uh, I'm going with, uh, huh. show the coral,
1: show the coral. Yes. Thomas can plug his athletes foot power. Frankly, if that's what's driving him crazy, if he's so consumed with how badly his between the toes are itching that that's, what's driving these poor performances, then yes, Tom do whatever you need to do to stop the itch. If low, low, uh, low trim isn't working, then by all means
0: get by get all me means homeopathic re- uh, remedy um raymond also asked can we have another online meetup isolation is making me weird Er, i promise to groom and use good hygiene before making myself visible uh you know
1: i'm growing a mustache uh raymond <laughs> so i don't even know if grooming and hygiene are actually even requisite anymore at this point in terms of where we are but he makes a good point mike
0: we could do another Zoom happy hour. That's a thing we could probably do. Yeah, um, I'd I'd be down for 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 drinks with friends, um, drinks with friends. Yeah, um, but we are hoping genuinely that by late summer, next fall, that we will actually be all together in pe- in person and be able to meet you all in person. Yes, um, in person. We certainly hope, God willing. Uh, Maybe at my house. All right. <laughs> Uh, next and last from Raymond, would you agree that given their horrible performances here this, this year, Tom Brady and the Patriots have no business <laughs> oh my God. partying on their Floridian? Oh, <laughs> this is a, an excellent troll from Raymond, uh, like his Alexander Hamilton as president uh, questions. Yes. Um, yes, Tom Brady and the Patriots do not have business partying on their Florida yachts. Um, last from Dan Helper, or next up from Dan Hellpepper. Uh, he says, okay, I have a question for the podcast. Why is this happening? I mean,
1: Tom, you just knew that Tom Izzo made a deal with the devil at one point to get the run that he did. And, um, I, you know, it, 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 the receipts are come due. Invoices in. The, uh, net, is this the curse net of the forty five. Maybe. Uh, yeah, what did his dad, his dad's got these connections. My God, what's happened? You know? So, I'm probably going to go to jail for that sentiment. I don't actually know that. That was just a joke. Please don't sue me. Thank you. I'm afraid of you.
0: Uh, Next up, Carl, you do too much, bro. Why do we let Iowa have teams? This is a good Let me
1: tell you. Let me tell you. They have a fantastic archaeology program. They have been sending archaeology students to uh, Patagonia and all over the country, which is where they unearthed Luca Garza, and were able to reanimate him. And for as long as they're doing that— they can continue to have teams because it is absolutely wonderful that a 14,000 year old hominoid can perform so effectively on the basketball court. But
0: here we are. We didn't even talk about how uh, their strength and conditioning coach, who got fired from football for being racist, got hired by Jacksonville and got fired five minutes later.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, uh. All right, well, thank you.. You. Love, you, hate,
1: you love to hate to see it. Listen, MSU Austin up next. MSU Austin. Have we heard from MSU Austin before? I don't
0: know. I don't think so. If we have. I'm sorry, but we're glad to have you back hey. last year for the first time.
1: Yes, we love it. Thank you for your mess uh, for your Twitter question as a future, Spartan. ok. Go green. How high is the ceiling of players like Jade Nakins or Pierre Brooks? That's for uh, you, Jones. You're the one that's just gooing
0: over how these guys are going to add to the team so Jade nakins i think has the more clearly high ceiling um but there's something about pierre brooks's game that i just i just like i mean he plays above the rim with some fierceness that uh it's been a while since we've had like i guess it's since miles bridges that we you know we would just have like alley-oops that just happened regularly I miss that. I miss those days. Um, yeah,
1: I think I think that's right. I, I what I don't want to discount is the fact that the ceiling of these players and it's becoming increasingly clear that the ceiling of all players for this team specifically isn't set by the player's aptitude or skill set alone. It really is a factor of how well the team does it coalescing around some sort of shared identity and performing as a set. And you might think that's glib and you might think, well, no, that's how it is for every team. It isn't. Look at Duke look at Virginia, look at UNC, look at Kansas, look at these programs that are really built around having one and done players and how those players set their own ceiling and it's the player's ceiling that really sets the ceiling for the team. The the, the opposite of that is what is true and has been true generationally for this program. So I would tell you that the height of the ceiling of these players is really directly related to is in fact a factor of how effectively a ceiling gets set for this program. And today... You know, this team's ceiling is really more of a basement floor that's flooded. It's a flooded basement floor ceiling That's kind of what we're living into. So God help us if they don't get a sump pump by
0: uh, by the time these guys get in. But there's like a loose electrical wire in the water as well. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Like kind of just shooting off sparks, you know, inexplicably. That's nice. Very nice.
0: Uh, all right. Next up, Anthony Garvert. This is for you. Power rank the following eyebrows, and it's scored on overall impact, taking into account bushiness, shape, and memorability. Luca Garza, Eugene Levy, Frida Kahlo, Groucho Marx, Anthony Davis, Ryan Day.
1: Oh my god. Okay, I'm going to start at socially acceptable and then work my way backward, okay? So the most sex, uh, sexually, oh god, that's not what I wanted to say. But now you all know that's right. That's where I'm coming from here. The most socially acceptable is got to be Eugene Levy. Oh, uh, for sure. Eugene, Eugene Levy's eyebrows are an in, in in intractable part of his personality. He uses them to great effect. Uh, they are probably more relevant or recent than Groucho Marx. But he would be who comes second. Uh, so we have to start there, um, and then I think. You probably have to go – oh, God. I think then you have to go to Frida – I think you have to go to Frida Kahlo after that. And here's why. Um, She didn't give a fuck. And there's something delightfully explicit about being the kind of artist that she was living in the time that she did – coming from the country that she did living in Detroit, making a name for herself and her eyebrows are simultaneously beautiful and expressive. And I think a core part, they're almost artistic. It's like just this, it's this whole person part of her. So I would say, uh, there's just a small societal gradient that as a woman, you know, she shouldn't look like that, which I think is bullshit. But I just think that that probably is the one reason why we wouldn't give her the most socially acceptable grade. So right now it's Eugene Levy followed by Groucho Marx, followed by Frida Kahlo. Okay. Now we've got three, right? Three left. Uh, who I, I'm going to rank as socially unacceptable. Now I'm going to put Luca Garza in four. And here's why as a, non-fully formed human, as a really, truly unevolved human being, uh, we can't hold him accountable for his grooming. His And it's not just his eyebrows. He doesn't clip his nails. Uh, he wears weirdly long socks underneath his size 37 shoes. He's just um, – he's uncomely and un, un, unseemly, and he's unaware of it. He's unaware of it because he doesn't really – understand what sentience is and that's too bad for him so we can't hold all that against him uh and with a uh with a with an eyebrow uh forehead eyebrow protrusion uh percentage like he has you can't you can't i mean what it what he does, he just didn't have any he didn't have any hope so that's that's where he goes anthony davis is next um anthony davis's eyebrows are Absolutely unacceptable. I know that he ran recently. I think he shaved off, right? Didn't he just shave the unibrow? Um, But the way that he tweezed and plucked everything but the unibrow, that's what's unacceptable. And I think from a reprobate, and I promised you a reprobate homosexuality score on this, if you're going to do everything else and call that much attention to your face and then not seal the deal by taking care of the middle section, you're actively opting into a unibrow, which no one, if you're not opting into it, no one's going to hold it against you. If that's just how your hair grows, and it certainly grows like that on my face, and you, you just were living, you're probably going to get a little bit of sideways looks, but no one's really going to care. You're actually sculpting and curating your face and then leaving that alone. That's just, that's just not okay. But there is one person who is even less okay. And that is Ryan Day because while while we can forgive you for sculpting everything else, at least the way you sculpt your eyebrows is within normal limits, normal ranges. You're not doing that much extra to your face. Ryan Day has decided to remove two thirds at least of the natural God-given hair that the Lord did place on his eyebrows – And he did it from the center outward. Ryan Day, who must be so inextricably afraid, or I'm sorry, inexplicably, 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 yeah, that's, you better cut all that. Ryan Day, who must be so inexplicably afraid of having a unibrow, has so overshot the mark that his eyebrows don't really start until his pupils, and then they just work back another quarter inch. It is bad, it is silly, it is unnatural, it is purposeful, it is maintained and it's just stupid. So, that's it. That's the that's the overall impact uh from acceptable to unacceptable Ryan Day still taking the cake. Shame on you Ryan Day. Thanks for listening.
0: Love it. Uh last from Anthony Garvert. Prop bet of the week. Margin of defeat at Mackey Arena this week against Purdue oh versus the number of different lineups that Izzo will play oh during the course of the game over under at 21 and a half.
1: Oh my god. He's not wrong? Uh,
0: I'm, I'm going to say, say the margin
1: have- of defeat. Under. Yeah, let's just go on. I'm going to take the under on both because I can't. I just, I'm not strong enough to to accept a margin of defeat that's that's that high. It will lose, but we're not going to lose by 21. I mean, my god, please no. And my guess is number of lineups total
0: 17? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, upper jerk deck, upper deck jerk guy is next asking, "Are we now a football school or a basketball school?" I don't I don't know. I, I, there's not an answer here. But currently, currently we're a football school until 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 proven season. otherwise. Yeah, until proven uh, otherwise. Does Grooch with an X have any eligibility left? <laughs> or can he play the point? Uh, yes and no. I will answer yep. for him. Yes uh, and uh, no. Last from the Epidoc Jerk Guy Who had a worse year, Izzo or Mel? We kind of answered this, I think.
1: Come on. Yeah, that's not it's even like, really close. It's, and it's, it's Izzo. Had
0: COVID, like, it, Izzo's having a worse year um mama maple leaf if you knew then november 25th what you know now regarding msu basketball what would you tell yourself just don't watch or watch and hope that the cosmic forces would change history
1: you well i wouldn't so just de- i would watch but i wouldn't depend on the cosmic forces i'd get my SD to east lansing and beat tom Izzo to half to death with a baseball bat at least then he'd have an excuse
0: yeah <laughs> so and make him miss the games like coach k with his back Back in, yeah, in
1: fine. Whatever. And then get on TV and be like, maybe we shouldn't be playing. Wow. I mean, <laughs> just, I don't, that was a terrible accent. All right. Mama Maple Leaf trying to sneak in a two we know your tricks. We know your tricks Two a widely known as the first person to associate love with St. Valentine, poet Chaucer, that is Jeffrey Chaucer in his poem, Parliament of Fowls, speaks about birds choosing their mates on that day. Mother Nature reminds the lovelorn eagles who didn't find a mate. Better luck next year because... And then 2B, a year is not too long to endure. Would you agree with that comment, especially in this year of COVID and waiting? And potentially losing basketball?
0: Um, well, I remember when this all started that you told me we could do anything for a year. Mm -hmm. Um... Uh, a year is still a long time. Uh, so not obviously not too long to endure because we're still doing this. But um, well, it's been and we're, a long year.
1: It has been a long year, but we have endured. And have and endured. inexplicably, the pod survived. How many months without any sports?
0: I know. Can't uh, wait to do it. Hell,
1: again. hell. We're we're surviving right now without even basketball. I mean, something approximating it, it, basketball. So, good
0: news, we did uh we did March last year without any basketball, so we can do it again. There
1: it is. We can do it again. Uh, all right. Uh, Thank up, you Elon very much, Bloom.
0: I'm a make Uh, Elon Bloom asks, is the lack of an effective point guard the crux of Michigan, Michigan State's issues? Yes, next question. Uh Great. <laughs> does this year expand or shorten Izzo's career length or make no difference at all? Interesting question. What do you think?
1: I don't think it makes a difference. You. Uh, yeah, I think Izzo's already got a plan probably and what he's going to go and stay. I think, um, this doesn't shorten it. I don't think this shortens it. I don't think Izzo looks at this and goes, oh, time for me to go. I don't think that's the kind of guy he is. I, uh, but I, it doesn't necessarily expand it. I don't think he's like, I'm going to, unless he was going to retire at the end of this season, which I doubt. Um, and if, if he was, then OK, it would expand it. But because uh, I don't think he retires after if he had been planning on it, he can't let this be his last season. So, no, yeah, uh,
0: I think he he's probably waiting until Stephen Izzo is done and then we'll reassess at that point in time. Um, no. If Matt Ishbia last question, from Elon Bloom, if Matt Ishbia buys an NBA team, does Izzo go to coach it? No.
1: God, no, you no what? No. Get out of here.
0: Uh, no. Last Finally is John Hubbard, who asks John Hubbard, when can we expect the world to vindicate Drew Stanton for his stolen Super Bowl MVP award? Great question, John. Probably
1: next year, I guess, probably is when we'll get the apology during the next Super Bowl,
0: right? I would agree. I think they will bring him out to the 50 yard line and hand him an MVP at that point in time. Um, It's clear that Drew was the difference maker in that game, though.
1: Yeah, I can't um, wait to watch uh who is the uh head of the NFL right now? Is it still what's his face? Uh Goodell, good good yes. Goodell. Watch him uh perform Seppuku on the fiftieth uh fifty yard line uh out of uh, absolute guilt and shame for um <laughs> for that uh, indignity. So looking okay. forward to that halftime performance.
0: Last question from John Hubbard and last Twitter question is how can we uh, feel excited about upgraded football facilities? If there isn't even a flight simulator, he is referencing <laughs> an article uh, showing that Auburn had just built one in their brand new facility. This is out of control. <laughs>
1: right? Um, I'm, you know, there's no reason to have a flight simulator unless, unless you have a, a flight school? I guess I'm trying to think. Does Auburn have like an
0: aeronautical program? No. It's uh, just... Wow, recruits. Wow. I mean, those things are very expensive. Like, just buy them all PlayStations. Like, I don't understand what's complicated about this. Just yeah, just
1: yeah. Pay just pay. Just pay them. Just pay
0: them. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Alex, that'll wrap this episode of Can't Read, Can't Write. Uh, as always, folks, thanks for listening. And um, I don't know. We'll talk next week. <laughs> uh, until then. I gotta, Alex, I gotta go. Oh, you gotta go what? You gotta go?
1: I'm gonna go tweeze my eyebrows. I gotta make sure I get those all tweezed up for the... Uh, I don't want to wind up on one of these lists next week.
0: I thought you were going to quit the pot on me right here. Um, oh. All right. Well, uh, everyone have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you next week. And Alex, go green. Go white, Jonesy.